Welcome back to the Cheryl Reeves Show. We have so much to get to today. We have so much to get to this entire offseason. I think a good place to start this show, Cheryl, you, and I'm hoping you don't disagree with me, let's talk about Sylvia Fowles, both the season she had, the Defensive uh, Player of the Year award, and what her future might be. Let's start with the Defensive Player of the Year award. First time we've spoken since she won that award. I know you think she's deserving. What, what enabled her to win that award at this stage in her career? Well, I think, you know, Sill's always obviously been really, really good defensively and, and you know, has always been on, you know, first or second team. Um, so it, it's something that she's always prided herself in. And I think she said in her press conference that it started at a young age because her brothers only let her play defense. So uh, it's in her DNA. And yeah, and, and uh, uh, it's just something she takes great pride in. But in terms of um, I, I always think she's elite and she's been so good for us for so many years. I do think people take her for granted. Um, but why this year, um, you know, did, did it stand out and, and did she win in a landslide? Uh, Syl was just so impactful in so many ways. And, uh, meaning, you know, for some people that vote, they look at statistics. Well, you know, still Syl impacted so many defensive statistics, whether it was block shots, steals, uh, rebounds, you know, that sort of thing. And then I also think that maybe people that voted took note of uh, how difficult she's, uh, you know, she is to play against and pick and roll. That she got a lot of steals uh, in reading pick and roll, and 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 just I just think she got really really good at understanding the scheme of what was happening for an opponent, um, and then you know just you you can't throw the ball in in terms of you know you're trying to catch on the block if Sills guarding you it's not coming in you know without a great great fight and so I just thought you know her help side uh, I always think when her help side is really good as it was for the entire season. Uh, it's just such great news for our team. She had some tremendous blocks. I mean, absolutely tremendous, exciting blocks that were just, you know, as a coach, I don't do this very often where you go, holy shit, that was, that was <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I had, I had a fair amount of those moments this year with Sill. So just a, just a tremendous defensive season um, for Sill. And then also finished fourth in MVP voting. And I think part of MVP is, is what you'd help you do to help your team win. Uh, and, and the defensive side of it was pretty massive for still. This is our WNBA and links show at talknorth.com. You can follow us on Twitter at talknorthpod to see all the shows as they are released. Thank you to our longtime producer, Brandon Morton. And uh, best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. Thanks also to our sponsors, Pizza Luce, Cara Quinn, your local realtor, my local realtor, Rudy Luther Toyota, all Energy Solar and Successful Marketing Group. We'll tell you more about them later. And uh, so going forward, you know, somebody asked me on a radio show recently, you know, do you think Sill comes back? And I said, well, looking at it from the outside, I would think coming off a great season, uh, being, on a, being on a contender, uh, you know, that I would assume she's coming back. But, of course, she has left the door open. Do you have any insights or any uh, feel for what she might decide? Of course. You know, Sill so, so and I talk quite a bit and have, have through the years and, uh, one of the things I always talk about uh, with veterans, you know, like Sill, who have been with us, and we want them to go out how they want to go out, and, and we try to script it. Um, you know, we, we share what we see. You know, they, they share what they want, and we do our best to work to the finish line, not just barely get across the. Line. How do we help them sprint to the finish line? Um, and and then, you know, what are their what are their ending goals? How do they want it to look? Uh, those sort of things. So uh, I'm confident that Sill's back, um, and so it's just. Uh, you know, I think for, for Syl, I think when you start asking players those questions, you know, you do start thinking about, you know, what, what do I want to do? And, and um, but my, my inclination tells me that Syl will be back.
Good. So I actually wasn't wrong for once. That's very comforting. Um, I, so, you know, the, where we sit for, <laughs> where we sit for playoff games, you know, I had a pretty good angle. I could hear a lot of the conversations going on in the match. It, you know, as we talked about, Chicago's good and Chicago's healthy now and they're playing really well. So it wasn't like it was an easy matchup, but there, it did seem like you were a little frustrated with the way your team was playing, but I'll let you put it in your own words. Just, you know, how, how did you feel about that game? Now that, and now that you've had time to reflect on it, what's your takeaway from it? Yeah, I, I think the, you know, like, like you said, you hit the nail on the head, you know, Chicago, you, you could, you know, you just name their, name their starting five. Uh, it's, you know, Courtney Vandersloot is the best point guard in the league right now and has been uh, for a number of years. And, you know, we know Allie Quickly, the greatest story in our league in terms of look at the beginning of her career and the number of times she was cut uh, and look at what she became and how important she is to that team. Um, you know, Kalia Copper ha- had a heck of a season. Uh, Candace Barker, Hella. Uh, there's a number of places that you look at and you go, okay, it's obviously a tough matchup for any of us. Uh, Chicago's a good team. Nobody thought that they weren't. They're better than their record. Uh, we certainly knew that. Um, but in terms of how we played and what we could control, um, we, we spent a number of days um, saying, look, if we do this one thing, we, we really give ourselves a chance to, to be successful. Um, and, and we, we, that one thing was to protect the paint. Uh, and that, you know, we've, we've had this third season where we talked about when we do well, uh, how it leads to a lower field goal percentage. It also leads to better offense, that sort of thing. So we really locked in on that control and, and, you know, Chicago didn't do anything different than what, what, what we knew that they would do. Um, and I was surprised at the ease with which they were able to do it. Uh, to get to the rim without uh, us, you know, having our very normal rotations. We didn't change a thing uh, in terms of what our staples were. It was just we needed to be, you know, needed to supersize it. It needed to be on steroids uh, in terms of our attention. They, they were, you know, 40 points in the paint is a ton. And that's what I told them. I said, that's more than us. And I think we're in there a ton. And so we we knew it. We We just... Uh, we just couldn't, we just couldn't get it done. And, you know, to a player in terms of talking about it, post game, uh, eggs interviews, you know, nobody really has any great answers. They feel terrible, um, that we just didn't play our best. Um, you know, that's not a team that, there's not a lot of margin for error. Uh, you know, again, you know, we got outmatched. I thought the point guard spot, you know, with Lasia being out, uh, you know, Crystal's a young player in this league and salutes, you know, well beyond, uh, like I said, where her status in this league. And that was a tough matchup for us. And so there's some things we couldn't overcome. Um, and, and, you know, for us being whole, like we, we weren't whole. And, and you know, Lasia healthy, you know, that would have been a hard game for sure. But we, we kind of feel like we would have been able to neutralize some things. And, you know, but it didn't happen. And, uh, you know, really, really uh, difficult for everyone in that locker room. You know, there was a lot of pain uh, following that game. Uh, but um, obviously, as I told them, I'd, um, we, we loved the team that we became and, and we loved what we achieved and, um, we'd love to still be playing in the playoffs. It's very hard to tune in. Uh, I will, because I'm a fan of the WNBA, but it's with a pit, a big old pit in my stomach, uh, to, to watch the games, but cause I wanted more for our team and I thought we were capable of more. And as we've talked about, you know, you watch a game like that and you know that there's some adjustments you could make. It, it, it's a shame we didn't see a three game series play out. That would have been very entertaining. Would have been a hell of a series. Yeah. Would have been a hell of a series. Just like Phoenix Seattle would have been a hell of a series. And uh, and I've I've gone on record to talk about that. And um, you know, I do think it's 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 gonna change and, and I hope we never go back to something like this. And the reasons why we did it were stupid too. Um had nothing to do with uh empowering our league and and you know, bringing out the best in us and helping us move forward. 
Uh, it was everything that, that would pull the league down. So those people that made this decision, you know, hopefully they, you know, they see the error of their ways and, and that playoff time is some of the best time uh, in, in any league really uh, to showcase so many things. And um, hopefully this will be the last year that we miss out on those things. What do you think about uh, Clarendon's future? Is it, uh, do you plan on having uh, Clarendon back next year? Is that something that needs to be worked out? Is it kind of a done deal? Can you kind of take us through that? Um, you know, our, our exit interview, um, you know, with Lasia, you know, that, that's a player that really uh, felt a great deal of pain, not just physically, but just, you know, how things played out, you know, probably saw a different ending, um, you know, page and move forward and say, okay, what's next? And, um, I think for Lasia, um, has, they've identified, I think that their joy in, in being here and being in, you know, with this franchise. And we certainly have expressed, uh, how we feel about them along the way. And, and, and now, you know, like we both say this, Hey, we know free agency is free agency. What we know that we're going to do is, uh, make sure that communication is, uh, at the, at the core of everything that we do that comes naturally for lay. And I think it comes naturally for, uh, for us. And so, um, I, I would be surprised if Lage is not back, but I don't know that I, it would be appropriate for me to, to guarantee anything. Sure. Uh, I want to ask you about, and I'll just ask it right now. She said that, uh, Clarendon said, I'm, I'm bad with pronouns. I apologize. I'm trying to get better. Uh, Clarendon said that, uh, there's a kind of a story about the background, what went on in New York that might come out and she'd like to come out. I know you're not going to just spill the beans, but you have a, any sense of what might be coming out? Uh, I don't, and I, I, I purposefully uh, have have steered clear of all that. Um, uh, I, I know that uh, I was I was well aware of uh, how tumultuous that it became, um, and I, all I wanted to do was to be a, 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 a nice landing place for Lasia, um, and you know, our finally getting together. However, we got here. Uh, I wish it was under different circumstances type of thing, but however we got together, we got together and it was a, a really special um, thing, a relationship. And, and so that's what I try to focus on. And, and I'm happy that we got to be that for, for Lasia because of, um, you know, maybe how challenging uh, the time it was in New York. And, um, and I'm, I'm just glad that, that we gave her this nice um, kind of safe place to be and, and to be all that she can be and all that, that, that you know, Lasia wants to be. And we want to thank everybody who came out to the live show at Pizza Luce last month, pizzaluce.com. Uh, we were doing some baseball shows at the Eden Prairie Pizza Luce. Check out Talk North Pod on Twitter to see uh, updates on times and schedules for that stuff. Uh, Butternut Squash Pizza is back. They are having weekend brunches 10 to 2 at every Pizza Luce. They are hiring cooks and giving out $200 bonuses. They have great pizzas, great salads, great places to hang out. Check out PizzaLuce.com. We'd also like to thank our other sponsors, including Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. 
Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. And as far as all energy solar goes, you know that summer is slipping away. It has slipped away. And before you know it, construction and solar installation season is over. Get on the calendar with all energy solar and get your energy efficient system installed. Take advantage of 2021 solar incentives. Going with all energy solar means no more renting your power from the utility company. You'll be in control of your energy costs and will save lots of money. So stop renting your power and go green with all energy solar. Book your appointment today at allenergysolar.com. I'd also like to thank my realtor, CaraQuinnRealtor.com. You can also find her at VibeRealty, uh, VibeMN.com. Expert on the local housing market, expert on selling, expert on buying. As we found out, an expert, the question I keep getting asked is, you're building a house in Roseville? How can you build a house in Roseville? There's no land in Roseville. Well, we wouldn't have known about any available land in Roseville if it wasn't for Cara. Cara found us a lot that we never would have found by ourselves. We're going to build a house there. Uh, and she's also an expert on interior design. She and her husband are starting an interior design business. She knows the whole business as well as you can possibly know it. CaraQuinnRealtor.com. Also like to thank our friend Lori Ramsey from Successful Marketing Group, SuccessfulMarketingGroup.com. All right, let's uh, let's get to, uh, I got to, across the timeline on uh, Twitter, just put this out and it kind of cracked me up. I wanted to share it with you. Uh, they said, Kelsey Plum is just the second player in WNBA playoffs history to score 25 plus points off the bench. The first, Planet Pearson, who had 26 off the bench for Detroit in game one of the 2007 finals. Uh, Pearson was playing against Phoenix, playing for Bill Lambeer, and won the sixth woman of the year award. So shout out to uh, to your friend, Planet Pearson. Yeah, uh, pretty exciting and, uh, you know, kind of crazy that, you know, that it was the same coach and the same team and, you know, same result. Uh, Planet was one of the all-time greatest six players of the year. Took great pride in it. Uh, Planet, if you ask her this, Planet didn't want to start, you know, and, and so that actually suited Bill well, because oftentimes he would start somebody that was more of a, you know, ceremonious starter, as opposed to, uh, somebody that's going to play, you know, 25, 28 minutes. Um, Planet was so, so key to our championship teams. And that's how Bill builds his teams. And he's got that in Las Vegas. And, and, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, um, you know, like I said, Planet's one of the all time greatest six players of the year. Any thought? We talked about Sill, of course. Any other thoughts on any of the other awards? Any of them you think were particularly on point or particularly not on point? Uh, I thought it was pretty easy this year, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, you know, I, you know, every time Sill plays, you know, her being um, in the MVP conversation is always important uh, to me, as in terms of trying to, um, you know, achieve goals. Uh, and, you know, the fact that she finished fourth and, and you know, got a, a number of second and third uh, place votes, I thought that was big because John Quell was really, really good. I don't think any of us, uh, you know, can dispute that. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think the defensive player of the year was a landslide as it should have been. Coach of the year was a landslide as it should have been. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a relatively straightforward uh, year. One thing I would like uh, with regard to the voting is to have transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I, I, I do think it's important who votes and, and, the, and the transparency of it, because uh, I think it brings about greater responsibility. It's not so that you can bash that person you know, for their opinions. It's more, I think, when you're held to a higher standard and there's going to be transparency, maybe you, you work at it a little bit harder. You take the job a little more seriously. Uh, and, and I think that creates uh, greater interest and greater coverage because you're actually watching and you're not 
you know, you're not just kind of, hey, asking a friend, hey, what do you think? And then you just can cast a vote without any consequence. So um, I think if you look at one of those, Brittany Griner uh, was not in the top five. Um, and I, I, or maybe a couple of votes, we had her outside the top five, which I think should be questioned. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's been great this year. She was great at the Olympics. So she's just a great player. Period. She had a hell of a season. Hell yeah, of a season. Did. Now yeah. uh, there are, are, uh, Lynx fans on social media complaining that you did not get executive of the year and, uh, you had a very good year as an executive. You brought in key free agents. You had a lot of injuries, still got the third seed. Uh, anything you'd like to say about that? Uh, I didn't see who got executive of the year. Um, uh, I don't really pay attention, but from Vegas, I, I, I have to. Yeah, Dan, uh, Dan Padover. Yes, um, and you. I think very, deser- very deserving. Um, you know, in in the acquisition of uh, Chelsea Gray, and and uh, at the time a pretty understated acquisition uh, because it was a little bit later in the process. Um, so I, you know, Raquan and Williams ended up being really big for that team. So I think that's more coaching. Uh, than it is maybe that it was a splashy uh, sign, but Chelsea Gray was a was a pretty big fish, uh, and and you know and I, and also you know adding Kia Stokes and that sort of thing. So I'm a huge fan of Dan Padovers, and and I'm thrilled that he got it. So how different do you think the roster will look by the time you get to training camp next year? Are we looking at tweaks or are we looking at uh, bigger moves? Well, I think as we set out on it, um, you know, it, it appears to be. Like we, we've got some stability. I think we've got some people we want to grow with. And so it appears to be more tweaking. Um, you never know what's going to come your way, uh, you know, as, as the, as the off season, you know, kind of, you know, presents itself. Uh, I, I would say this time last year, we were, we knew that we had some uh, real work to do to, to really get where we wanted to go, which is to be in the top four. Um, you know, we accomplished that. So, so that was great. So I think we've got some, you know, some pieces that we say, well, I think we just need a couple of things here and there and we need to be healthy. And, and, uh, you know, we, we feel like we're, we're, you know, contending for a championship, which is what our goal is. And when do things really get started? Like when, when will we see some transaction news for the WNBA? When, when can you, when can you start, you know, signing free agents and making moves? Uh, that doesn't come until January in terms of, uh, how busy it will get. You know, we've got a moratorium, you know, where we can't do anything. Um, and, and so you won't hear a whole lot. Um, we, we can't begin. So January one typically starts our qualifying offer period where we have to do some contractual obligations. Uh, middle of January becomes a negotiating period and February one is when you can actually sign players. So, um, you know, January essentially starts the, starts the process. We could do about a three-hour show today. There's so much to talk about, both with your team and the league and women's sports and everything else going on around the country. But guess what? We're going to divide things up. We're going to save some stuff for shows later this month. We're going to have great topics all winter. Uh, thanks to Cheryl for doing the show. Thank you to Brandon for producing. But most of all, thank you for listening. Thanks for uh, supporting the Minnesota Lynx, and, uh, and we'll talk to you next week.